wasn't even like it was close. It was a landslide victory. Game. Blouses. All right, second round playoff edition. We're back after um, load. We want to say we could say battery issues, but we could also just say load management. Yeah, load management. That's the that's the main reason here. You know, Kawhi Leonard. Oh no, I would say that we were probably more like Zion Williamson. Like we were throwing down windmill three sixty dunks while we weren't podcasting. You know, like we were doing the podcasting equivalent of throwing down windmill 360 dunks, like literally doing everything except putting a podcast out like that. That was us. Yeah. I mean, we were still doing our usual stuff here, appearing on other podcasts. So, yeah, we're we're finally back. Yeah. And I also just did a lot of shit posting, too. That was kind of like how I filled my time. Um, a lot of trolling. I don't know. Those are some dark days. Uh Nonetheless, we're here, second round of the playoffs, on the heel of some really good games. Um, start of the start of Grizzlies Warriors, which which was awesome. Um, not ready to say Clay Thompson is fully back, but I mean, it was it was a pretty convincing performance he had yesterday on both sides of the ball. I would say, shooting aside, um, and then also Celtics Bucks, which is a surprising start with the Celtics favored by by quite a few points. Um, starting that series out and then just, just getting frankly run off the floor um, in, in game one with some injuries in game as well. Uh, Carl impressions on Sunday's games um, and, and kind of, I guess we can start with, with Grizzlies warriors. Um, what, what kind of a shot did the Grizzlies have? I mean, do they, Steven Adams has been out with health and safety protocols. That's obviously going to play a little bit of a part because, because the Grizzlies going bigger can obviously help their cause. Um, What's your initial take on the series, um, and, and is there a way, and how is it that the Grizzlies can end up taking the Warriors down? All right, so, I mean, I do think they still have a shot. I mean, it's – I mean, obviously, when you go down 1-0 and 0-1 against the uh, Golden State Warriors, like, you're climbing an uphill battle that not many teams come back from. Um, just kind of looking at um, the positives for the Grizzlies that you have in that series or in that first game for this series is that you do see, number one – like they cannot stay in front of John Morant. Even, I mean, he's going to have to have some games where he's going to have to shoot well. Like we did see, like he's going to have to shoot well. He hit more threes in this past game than he did the, was it the entire Timberwolves series? Uh, yeah. Last yeah. year. The last it's year. Not even the entire Timberwolves series, but I would say that was kind of a shooting outlier from Ja. Um, yeah. That's, yeah. That's like, I mean, that's not even a game that you'd expect to see him have like during the regular season. So a little bit of an outlier from him, a giant outlier game from Jaron Jackson jr. Just to come up short is, is really tough, especially at home and, you know, with the Warriors losing Draymond, but the, you know, the recipe for their success is, is there where we saw that regardless of who they put in front of them. Yes, uh, Gary Payton II did some really good uh, – had some really good defensive stretches against him and, you know, saved, set, uh, saved a step from getting, you know, getting fouled out basically by having to play a whole bunch of time on guys like Ja Morant. Um, so, like, they – you know, so outside of that, like, Ja was having his way, you know, getting into the getting to the paint where – or they have to back up so far from him to give him wide open threes. And he's, you know – I mean, don't, it's kind of almost like Dwayne Wade-esque where like, I'm never going to say like, yes, I want him to like, you know, to shoot those threes that often, but he's a guy that when he gets hot, 
you know, or if he's feeling comfortable that game, like it can happen. So like, I wouldn't like, it's an outlier game. I wouldn't expect it again, but like, it's definitely something that he could, de- he could definitely replicate just he's that much of a competitor and he does have, you know, he does have the ability. Um, so I do think that, you know, having the one thing in the series that is completely unguardable and like to get to the rack just opens up things, you know, going, going for the rest of the series for the Grizzlies um, on offense. And then defensively is kind of where I'm kind of throwing my question marks here, where seeing Jordan Poole along with Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and just kind of how that can pan out if Clay Thompson is having a good game. Cause what she didn't really have the Clay Thompson didn't have that great of a game, but he didn't have the, you know, the go ahead three, um, you know, yeah, the play at the end too. Yeah, the play at the end. Yep, and the play at the end on defense. So more so, it's like when you think of like you mentioned Stephen Adams. Like I don't really know what you do if you know, even if he's back and the Grizzlies are. I mean, the Warriors are just going so small, and he's you know he's almost basically out of the game because you don't want to have him have to do all these switches on all these guys and all these guards because he's just going to get roasted. So I'm um, a little worried about them, but I do think that it's like it's it's the Grizzlies' blueprint, man. Is that they have to just stick to what they do, attack the paint. Like they shouldn't get too high on these like these top, these crazy shooting nights. Like you're not going to compete with the Warriors like this. Yeah, I, I. It's interesting how the Grizzlies have not played a normal game yet this playoff series. Uh, last game, Jaron Jackson came off pin downs a couple times. Uh, <laughs> It was insane. I, I, I never – I don't think I've seen that in watching the Grizzlies play. Uh, obviously, in, in, in the series against the Wolves, it was, it was Desmond Bain who was a human blowtorch, and Jaron Jackson was completely out of the series almost all the time in foul trouble. Ja did not have a great series. Uh, and, you, and you saw a lot of pickup from Brandon Clark, uh, some players off the bench like Tyus Jones. Xavier Tillman played well on defense, I thought. Um, and you saw different players for the, for the Grizzlies making contributions. Dylan Brooks was was one of them as well, uh, a player that didn't previously play any games against the Timberwolves, but was in the series and played great defense on, on D'Angelo Russell. Um, game one against the Warriors, Dylan Brooks does not show up offensively. Uh, John Morant looks great. Jaron Jackson looks great. Um, and Desmond Bain did not look like Steph Curry on steroids that he did in, in series one. Um, no, I think I think Stephen Adams for the Grizzlies forces the Warriors to at least hesitate about playing small, um, because if you're essentially you're playing Stephen Adams at the five, you're either going to have to defend him with Draymond Green, offensively, and I, I think that's a battle in which Stephen Adams gets a good amount of offensive rebounds, being I still think what a, a really really good offensive rebounder. Um, and, and second chance points are something that the Grizzlies have fed off of all playoffs long. Um, and, and that's going to put that. I mean, ideally in a man to man situation that would put Jaron Jackson on Andrew Wiggins. And if, if you're letting Andrew Wiggins take shots here and there uh, in order, if, if that's the key to the Warriors success is open Andrew Wiggins shots. Um, I, I think that that's a, that's a favorable thing if you're the Grizzlies. Uh, so I, I think exploring at least the idea of playing Steven Adams. Um, I mean, I think it's a no brainer when he comes back to play him for one game. Um, and if he's guarding Draymond green at, or if he's, if he's tasked with the, with, with, with guarding Draymond green, it's not the worst thing in the world. Uh, you're going to, I mean, I think it, it gets a little tougher in playing pick and rolls with jaw. Um, but it's a risk I'm, I'm, I'm willing to take. 
I, I just I don't think Xavier Tillman provides you enough on offense in order to continue to play him at the five uh, or at least to start him at the five for the series. Um, so I think I think that that's one thing that, that Memphis should maybe to explore again, though, he is coming out health and health and safety protocols. So who knows if he's really going to be ready to go. Um, mm. So 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 we'll see on that. I, I think on the Warriors end, if you can keep that small ball lineup out as much as possible on the flip side. Again, it's all about the Grizzlies second, making the Warriors second guess that. That small ball lineup is absolutely dynamite. Uh, I love the idea of Draymond Green playing the five in, in situations where he's able to. Wiggins playing the four, is, is that can happen. Um, and then obviously it just spaces the floor and opens things up. I just love watching Draymond Green and Steph run off each other. It's so much fun um, to see that back again. And how do you not love Clay Thompson making that game ceiling play on John Moran. Like it's just after all he's been through after the two years he's had uh, to come back and, and hit some big shots for the Warriors. I mean, he did not have a great game, but he hit some big shots and made some big time plays on defense. I mean, that's one of the most fun things to see as a fan of the game. Mm -hmm. Completely agree there. I also wanted to pose another question, kind of what do you think about the Grizzlies like regrouping into game two um, considering the fact that, I mean, the boards were, I mean, the Warriors had the edge on the boards, more rebounds in that game, but, you know, they, it was like 16 apiece for offensive rebounds in that game. Um, also, on to add on to that, you have, you know, the Grizzlies got outscored uh, 56 to 44 points in the paint, which is something that they cannot have happen if they're going to compete with the Warriors, like, because it's a really weird game. They just kind of want to see, like, what do you think, um, you know, that they can do? Is it just going back to their roots there? Because, you know, that outlier shooter performance, you know, got them within one there, but they were still just getting bodied inside, which is just not Grizzlies basketball. Right. Yeah, I think that, and again, I, I would advocate for Steven Adams. I think the reason he was forced out, I mean, obviously the reason he was forced out of the rotation in the Timberwolves series was because he was tasked one-on-one -on -one with guarding Carl Anthony Towns. It just wasn't possible with how much he played at the perimeter. Um, he was just a little bit too slow. I think the Warriors, it's a little bit more conducive for that to happen. And again, it just goes back to the point of making the Grizzlies sec or making the Warriors second guess that small ball lineup. Uh, I think there's no question that if you're playing Steven Adams with Draymond Green and Andrew Wiggins playing four and five, that you should definitely have an advantage in the rebounding category. Uh, Jaron Jackson is going to start at the four, but, but obviously, you know, you have a lot of flexibility with how you're able to rebound the basketball. Not only is Steven Adam, does Steven Adams have the opportunity to be in there and tire out any bigs that the Warriors may throw at him. Kevon Looney's probably going to be seeing a lot more run, which again, advantage Grizzlies if that happens. I, I've just never been a Kevon Looney fan. Kind of think he's a little bit of a bum, but whatever. Um, it, it advantage Grizzlies in that situation. You're, you're then able to um, run, run a good amount of front court with, with Brandon Clark, Jaron, and, and, and Steven Adams, and, and Xavier Tillman's going to be the odd man out who, who's seen a lot of run so far in the postseason. So... Um, so yeah, you're right. It's unlike the Grizzlies to be in the paint, to be pretty much a push, uh, that can't happen, especially against the small ball warriors team. Steven Adams, I, in my opinion, uh, you do not only have to really solidly look at playing him, but that's been the key to their success. I mean, he's been in their lineup all season long when they've been the most successful. I think that, I think in guarding the Timberwolves, uh, not playing Steven Adams was, was kind of an exception to the rule. I don't know. Um, I will say, actually, just pulled up um, that. So for COVID nineteen protocols, 
uh, Steven Adams actually won't even be available for game two. Was it, was it five, is it five days that they have to quarantine or five games or what, what's the exact, do you know what the rule is on that? Or is, is it just like Steven exactly. Adams out for game two? It's, I mean, I just, um, from, I guess from CBS says, um, yeah, says Steven Adams out for game two. Yeah, that's tough. I mean, you, it, it's must win. In my opinion, you cannot fall down 2-0 to the Warriors going into chase. Um, that's, I would say, Oracle, but I don't know. It just doesn't Cash sound good. I don't know why. Cash is, king in the, Cash is king in the NBA. We got to move to San Francisco. Um, no, I – yeah, I, it, you, you just can't go down 2-0, especially heading into to potential to, to the two home games in, in San Francisco. Um, I mean, I'm still taking them to win this game, though. I'm, t- I'm taking the Grizzlies to win game two. You think the Grizzlies are winning game two? I'm, I'm, like, regardless of situation here, it's just, like, kind of what they – it's kind of what they did. And, I mean, throughout the season and then also in the Wolves series, like when they get punched in the mouth, they kind of do – I would say they do a really good job of, you know, like regroup, regrouping and then playing whatever that next game is with what got them to the playoffs and what got them the second seed. And I think that's what happens this game. I don't – I still – you know, jury's still out on what's going to happen the rest of the series or if they can handle, especially defensively, like what the Warriors are throwing out on offense. But – Game two, I think, uh, I, I think that they can get back to what they're doing, and they they see it's working well, and then taking advantage of other matchups that they have, that I do think are pretty good for them. Like you know, like because you have to play hide Steph Curry for most of the game on defense, right? Right. You know, just like being able to you know have whatever that second guard is. Like you, you're gonna, I assume you're having a better game out of Dylan Brooks. I don't love yeah. the bank he has on to it. Shoot the ball I don't better. love, yeah, I don't love the bank on it, but I. I would assume that Dylan Brooks is going to have a better game. I assume Devin Bain is going to have a, like a better game. Um, you know, still at home. They've been, they've lost games at home. They lost the last series first game at home in the playoffs. Like, so I, I think they bounce back for game two. I, I would tend to agree with you just because of regression to the mean. I feel like there's, it's, it's, it's hard in a second round playoff series to go down 0-2, especially in your, on your home floor. Um, the, the one thing I will say though, is the difference and, and, like it's it's stating the obvious, but the Timberwolves are not the Warriors. Obviously, getting punched in the mouth by the Timberwolves is much easier to come back from than getting punched in the mouth by the Warriors. A playoff season team, like I mean, it's just Clay, Steph, Draymond. Like I, I don't even know how many playoff games they've played together, um, but obviously they've been here before. I think I don't think it's going to be an easy game too for the Grizzlies by any stretch of the imagination. But they just have to find a way to win the paint battle, like you said. Um, and, I, and I don't think that that should be too difficult of a task. Uh, it just can't be a push again, like it was in, in game one. Um, John needs to continue to play well. Desmond Bain needs to be that guy that he showed in the first series that he can literally hit any shot that he winds up and takes. Um, it, I couldn't stop banging my head against the wall every time he lined up for a shot. Uh, he just he, he was just on fire. There's nothing you can do about that. Uh, he can't stop. He he has to be able to step up a little bit more um, if, if they want to take game two. But it'll be an interesting one, no doubt. I want to move on to the other one that's, that was yesterday, though. Uh, Celtics-Bucks, again, one that was a little bit un, a little bit surprising to people. I think the Celtics were a five-point favorite going into the game uh, at TD Garden. And, again, Marcus Smart got hurt in the middle of the game. Robert Williams got hurt in the middle of the game. Jalen Brown was was kind of holding the hamstring a little bit, uh, kind of hope things are okay there. 
but the Celtics got punched in the mouth. I, I think injuries had something to do with that. There's no question that you have to acknowledge those. But I, I was I know we were texting about this. Like there's no way Ime Udoka saw that game plan coming from the Bucs because it didn't look like it out on the floor. They got smacked in the paint. Um, an area that because of Robert Williams this year becoming probably the best defensive center in the NBA. Shout out Rudy Gobert. I think Robert Williams has been legitimately better um, as a defensive center this year. I The Celtics have been able to keep that area of the floor at bay this year um, and not get utterly crushed. Uh, and, and, and Giannis and, and, and company, Bobby Portis, they, they, they flipped the tables a little bit. And again, it did not help that, Rock, that, that Williams got hurt. Uh, no time lord in the lineup for the Celtics is is no good, uh, but it was still an it, it was still interesting how it played out. N- absolutely nobody expected a, a near twenty point loss at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially after you know running through the nets, and I was saying it almost shows. Just I mean, if they you know if they're already backpedaling this series, like just how good the nets were, which is the reason why they were the seed they were going into the playoffs. Love to remind people of that one as we are, you know, constantly on this podcast. We were like, they're not that good. Like the like the names were sexy in Brooklyn, but like they the team was not that good the entire year. And it, shows- it was Ben it was Ben Simmons dependent. They just couldn't rebound. Uh, they needed to, they needed to have Ben Simmons back if they had yeah. any shot of being good, which is crazy. I, they I still couldn't that. rebound. They still yeah, they, couldn't yeah. rebound even with Andre yeah. Drummond. It's yeah. the, the problems persisted. Yeah, um, but then going forward for the series for the Celtics, like just yo, if you're getting uh, what is a relatively down game from Giannis, and you go get blown out at home, it's going to be a long series for you unless you figure out something really, really quick. And that's kind of the issue of kind of being that like that kind of team defensively or, or for Giannis. Well, for Giannis, where it's like you see teams in the Eastern Conference um, have kind of had their whole like, you know, kind of it's kind of like um, so kind of it's kind of like the handoff from like LeBron James to Giannis in the Eastern Conference where you see the way like defenses were built, where it's like we're going to be able to put up these walls where like the exact wall was a thing basically made for Giannis. But teams kind of tried to do it in the Eastern Conference against LeBron to keep him out of the paint where, you know, you basically kind of at, at committee can try to throw guys um, at them. But like, you know, the Bucks are well equipped outside of Giannis. And even I guess what we're seeing now is outside of Chris Middleton to handle these types of game plans. And it's like to, just to see him like, you know, not shoot the ball well, still actually flashing pretty good playmaking. Uh, I would be really worried if I were a Celtics fan right now especially with all the injuries that you're seeing like popping up because you have to defend him by committee. It's, there's no way that, you know, like if they're not, you know, Marcus Smart's banged up, that's already one thing, but you Jalen Brown also thrown in there. Like you need every single one of these guys to defend against Giannis. And outside of that, like you need time Lord, you need time Lord in this, you know, to, to hold down the paint for you along with that. So like if they're missing the pieces to be able to play defense against the best player in the Eastern Conference. Yes, I said it. Um, that's really not that controversial at this point. But oh, um, I don't know about that. I saw a lot of saw a lot of check marks on Twitter yesterday saying Giannis, best player in the league. There, I said it. I'm not going to go that far, um, just because. I mean, I, I yeah. But either way, like if you're gonna if you need all that to beat him and you don't have the personnel, like it's going to be tough for them. So like they need to be healthy. 
uh, for them to win this series. And then also um, looking at not having Time Lord, like Drew Holiday was bodying, actually bodying Al Horford on possessions in the – He was matching up hunting. He he saw Al Horford as a guard, and he's like, you know what? I'm going to actually, like, turn my back to this guy and get in the post. Posting That's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's matchup hunting. Yeah, he's matchup hunting a center in the post as a point guard. Like that's the if you can't solve that, you're you're definitely not beating the Bucks. So, I mean, kind of going on this long this long tangent here, but it's just there's so much that, you know, kind of what this team has shown us over the last like year or so, especially in their title defense, where it's like it doesn't matter what happens in certain series or how they get there. It's just, they have so many different ways to beat you and it doesn't even result. Like they don't even need their top two players on some of these games, which is just absolutely scary. Also, we're going to also on the other side, we're going to see a better game from Jason Tatum next game. Re- progression to the mean. Yeah. Progression no, 100%. And like, you can't afford to have another, you yeah. can't afford to lay an egg. If they lay um, an egg and they go down 0-2, the, I, I think there's a way that they can actually, I do think there's a way that they could carve back because the Bucks have, you know, especially under Budenholzer, has shown tendencies to they're one like it seems like they're the team that really changes what they do, not game to game, but location to location in the series, where like you'll see them play, you know, like they'll have their game plan for wherever they are, like either at home or at the road, and then the series changes, and that's when they actually make adjustments. Or or they decide things are working. So like based off of these first two, they win these first two games. I actually it, it sounds really interesting to say like i could see like you know a door actually opening for a potential comeback there but uh just depending on how the celtics adjust to what the bucks are doing but yeah i've kind of gone a long thing but it's it's that team is just so good i have no i i mean i still have no doubt that the celtics can come back in this series my initial pick was celtics and six and i know i te- I, I texted you in the middle of the game said yeah i, I mean i think if, if if tatum can bounce back i mean they were down what they weren't down very much at halftime. It was like five or six points, and Tatum was three of ten from the field. I mean, they can play the Bucks well. Um, yeah. And there's there's a multitude of factors that when Peyton Pritchard took way too many shots. I guess he took every single shot in the second half pretty much, and that was one of the reasons the Celtics fell out of favor. You need a better game from Tatum. You need Peyton Pritchard to stop taking every single shot. Uh, you obviously need your health, uh, but, I, but I have no doubt in my mind that the Celtics can come back. I also think, too, the other thing is – it's it was it, it's been interesting to kind of see the progression. I thought a couple of years ago, it was before the bubble, the playoffs for the bubble was 18-19, I think. Um, when the Celtics and Bucks played, I, I thought Al Horford played pretty good defense um, in the paint on durable penetrators uh, throughout throughout the entire playoffs. I've always been an Al Horford fan with what he can bring to the table. He's obviously aged a little bit, but he, he played well down the stretch of this year as well. Um, I, I've, I've always liked how he can how he can defend players who are a little bit more agile in him that, that are able to get into the paint. But it just shows how much better Giannis has gotten. Um, it, he has so many different things in his bag now. He even has the pull-up three, which I still hate that he takes, but sometimes he does wet it. He wets it disgusting. sometimes, though, and it's insane. It looks so gross. Um, Watching him shoot a walk-down three is also, like, the most demor- <laughs> It's It's got to be, like, the most demoralizing thing as a defender, like, if you're just, like – because that's how you know what he also – he only shoots it when he's, like, when he's, like, kind of feeling himself, whether he's yeah, shooting it or not. I, it is. Yeah, yes. like, you see you see him just, like – you see him just, like, walk down and, like, just shoot that. You're, like, all right. It's like, oh, like, shit. Okay. Like, all right, like, next game, right? 
it's, he's got it's Kyle Anderson's shot without the hitch. Uh, it's Definitely. it's so it's so gross. Uh, but it shows it kind of shows how far he's come just as a player with how many different things he has in his bag. Um, he has the post one, he has the 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 one leg post fade now. Like consistently. That's mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. ridiculous. See that little 360, not 360, but the whole uh pivot foot dinner served action that he did yesterday. I mean, it's just a it's a video game. You can't even do that. You I don't even think there's a control to do that on 2K. I really don't. I mean, and if you did, it would be the clunkiest thing ever. Yeah, there's um, no way. But no, I, I, I think there's no doubt in my – like, no overreactions to game one. I, I think that there's a lot of stuff out there right now that says that the Bucks have are pretty much all the wrapped up, and um, and I disagree with that. I think if you can get if, – if Tatum can come out solid next game – I mean, I, I still think there's a, there's a world in which the Celtics can beat the Bucks in a game in which it's solely carried by Jason Tatum. I mean, you, you, I think the Celtics have enough role players even where if you have these injuries and players aren't 100%, solely based on Jason Tatum, you can win a game or two. Uh, he's, had multi, he's had three 50-point games this year. Um, you know, he can he can carry teams, and he's he's different for sure. He, mm. he can come alive in the playoffs. Oh, yeah, um, no, I'm not panicking for the Celtics, though. Like, I, I'm definitely worried if I'm them. I'm like, all right, like, what needs to happen here is it health, but, like, I am not panicking because you're you, – at the same time, like, they are built for this. Like, yeah. You have one more game at home, and TD is probably the best home court advantage in the league. One of them, for sure. Uh, and and it, can you take one at at, at the Deer District? Oh yeah. <laughs> can you t- take one at the Deer District? I, you can eat. By the time we're talking after Game Four, uh, I could see this being being two two. I I do think I, I I'm kind of being hypocritical because after what I saw yesterday and how locked in Giannis is. I do think the Bucks end up winning this series in seven games, um, but a lot can happen. It's the NBA, and yeah, there's again, also no place. I think in the playoffs, like there's no like home court that I'm really just like, yeah, there's not a chance somebody wins here. Correct. Yep. Absolutely. That hasn't existed since like. Honestly, what is it? Who am I thinking of? Is it even just? the Warriors, like their run with KD, like outside of the Oracle, the Oracle. I mean, I'd say Oracle is pretty a lot. Oracle is pretty amazing. Like Um, they're outside of that. Like there's, there's not really teams right now where I'm like, yeah, they're at home. There's no shot. There was that viral tweet. uh, I think a couple weeks ago that kind of reminded us, but I I know back when it was KD, Harden and Russ, okay. used to have a pretty solid setup too during the playoffs. Um, it, just in terms of home court advantage with how loud it would get. But I, I agree with you. I, I think that there's no, there isn't really a home court right now where you say, yeah, you, you, you might as well just say two in favor of the home team. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Let's, let's, we'll kind of see, uh, we'll kind of see where that series goes. Peyton Pritchard, stop taking shots. Stop it, Peyton Pritchard. No, nah, just make them keep shooting. No, no, no. Relegated to the bench, you sit down. That's it's tough. like it's like if it's like if Jalen Brunson threw the ball at the rim. Damn, that's just ridiculous. Sorry, dude. That's, no, that's I, I won't. That, I won't be. Standard. I won't be. I won't be that disrespectful to him because he had a really good series against the Nets. I, I really won't. But he has a hateable face and he looks like a thumb. Any wow, this is where we're going. This is where the show's going today. 
Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm a little ornery after this series with the Timberwolves. You can, as yeah. you can imagine, we're the yeah, only team in NBA history to blow multiple double-digit leads in the playoffs. I'm a little bit ornery. Woke up on the wrong side of the bed. I mean, there's multiple ways you can. There's multiple ways you can cut this one. Sorry. That's fair. That's fair. Celtics are still playing. They can't get too mad at me. What do you think about um, the game that's tipping off at 7:30 today? I guess really, I don't want to say too much because it's going to basically be in play, and I'll be wrong or right by the end of this, but. Joel and B. Really, just really just want to know it's Joel, no Joel, no Joel and B. Is there a shot? Yeah, I it depends. We saw a different James Harden it, towards the end of that series, towards the end of the, the, the um, oh, my mind's drawing blank, towards the end of the uh, Sixers previous series. Uh, he actually dunked the basketball, he had a little bit more spring in his step. He's got to hit the nosebleed uh, celebration again. You, oh gosh, he's got a. Oh, what was the what was the one he did in Houston that went? The, the yeah, the cooking. Yeah, the, yeah. no one yeah. can. Yeah, no one can see it on Zoom. No, he needs to, if he brings back the nosebleed, they're winning that series. That's all I need. <laughs> that's like that is the best after dunk celebration that nobody talks about. Yeah, except for us. Right now. Yeah, I think they got a shot. I mean. I, is it? Do you think it's really out of the question for the Sixers? I, I don't think it's likely. There's no timetable that Joel's coming back. Like there's no like there's no set date that he's coming back. It's gonna have to be like Harden averaging 35 a game, and he's going absolutely crazy. Uh, Matisse Thybul is locking up Jimmy Butler. Um, and so he can play they, in this series because of there's no uh, no COVID restrictions in uh, Ron DeSantis's uh, state out here. Man. <laughs> so true um but yeah no i mean there's a lot of things that have to fall in place for philly to do something in this series in my opinion um i i thought originally uh with Embiid, i mean i feel so bad man i feel so like i don't feel bad for sixers fans i don't feel bad for philly but i feel bad for Embiid. this was his series i mean he, he had he, he was going to be him versus bam and he was going to be able he's going to be able to show everybody because I remember in the bubble he, I mean there were games that he just straight up shot the Sixers out of a uh, year before when Jimmy Butler was on when Jimmy Butler was in Philadelphia shot the Sixers out of multiple games because uh, he 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 kind of did the cat thing where he resorted to the jump shot and he didn't get down in the he didn't get down in the blocks like he was supposed to um, I, I I think that this is finally going to be his year to 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 show people against a legitimate paint defender, probably the most versatile. I, I would say Bam Adebayo is close to the most versatile defender in the league. Um, he, he was going to have the chance to show people that he, he'll, he's the MVP. Um, and that's not the case, obviously. So, yeah, James Harden. Hey, Philadelphia, your playoff fate lies in the hands of the beard. It, it all runs through him. Oh, man. That's like Philly meet Houston. The thing is, is that I do think that Miami is just petty enough to get James Harden going. I don't trust the heat whatsoever. And I, I know I have my personal vendetta against Jimmy Butler. That has nothing to do with this. I think the heat are deep. I think they have good players. Uh, Tyler hero had probably the best six man season we've ever seen. Um, Yet, yet I still just don't really trust them fully. Uh, 
for a multitude of reasons. Um, I think that they are a depth over, I think they're a depth over great player team. Um, and, and Jimmy's really they're like the Celtics kind of. Yeah. To a degree, but except the Celtics except have without, better top end talent. I'm saying, yeah, I'm saying they're like the Celtics without, you know, without the top end stars that they have, which is. Yeah. The Heat my, are eight strong. Better coach though. Way better coach though. For sure. But the Heat are eight strong. And when, you know, two or three of those guys are having an off night, you have a little bit of an issue. Uh, you know, you can't rely on high end role players to always come through. You just can't. Um, and so I do, I, I don't think this is going to be a sweep at all. I do think that there we'll, we'll see the Harden game. I think Philly's there are a couple candidates on Philadelphia that could emerge as a as a faux playoff hero with an inevitable season loss. Um but yeah, it's it's I'm at least interested to see how one what kind of an offensive set Philadelphia runs. Is it just going to be Houston ball where Harden just does his thing? Or is there actually going to be some sort of movement? Uh, is there going to be a want to get other people involved like Tyrese Maxey? Like, is he going, I mean, is he going to, how big of a usage rate is he going to have? Is it going to be a two-man show? Um, I don't know. Because Tyrese Maxey's certainly been the best player outside of Joel Embiid on the 76ers' this playoffs. Until today. Until today. Why today? Why today? I don't know. I'm just feeling something from James Harden. It's going to be funny if you just like. See, my only thing is. Your, your brains are on the same wavelength, kind of. You and James Harden kind of. Your your brains are kind of synced up. You can tell when a hard game is coming. I can, dude, like just, you always it, do. It feels like it is, dude. It just. Also, it's just like if there's one team that just loves to beat people up, it is the Miami Heat. That's what it's all they've done. It's what they did to Trey Young last series. Like they just like, like, like having like two guys, it's like, oh yeah, you know, it's cool. Like they actually have to decide between who, but if you have like, this is your guy and he has to score, like they will just go and beat that one guy up the entire game. And I just, I just don't know what it is. You know, almost, this is like, gonna be... uh, almost like burnt out, talented and gifted kid, James Harden, like that will turn him on. <laughs> I don't, like if, if, I, don't, switch. I don't know if it's going to be Harden or if it's going to be Tyrese Maxey, but this is going to be a fun series for you to watch, Carl, because I have this feeling that Philly is just going to try and abuse Kyle Lowry. They're going to hunt him. I mean, they should, as he can – it's like shooting over a chair for most people. <laughs> no. What is he? What is he again? Dude, I just don't get it, man. Dude, it's just everything that everything. Let me just go on my rant here because everything that people think that Kyle Lowry is, Drew Holiday actually is. I don't care. I, I don't. I don't. I don't really care about the. Hey, Clay Thompson got hurt. Ring, Kevin. Kevin Durant got hurt. Ring that he even coasted on because Fred Van Vliet was a better player in that series than Kyle Lowry. Please tell me I'm wrong. Anybody. Um, Step forth. Just that Kyle Lowry is a fraud. Kyle Lowry is an absolute fraud. Not of a, not as a player. Like he's a really good player. I'll give him that. But for some reason, people act like he's this like borderline Hall of Famer because he does all the right stuff. Like no, like all he does is <laughs> dude. Is he the, takes charges in the All Star game. That's, that's yeah. Like also like everyone should be ashamed of themselves that we allow this man to take charges in an All Star. I don't care if you supported that. 
get out of here. I don't I don't want you to ever watch a game of NBA basketball again if you support taking charges at an all-star game. I don't I don't care. It does not matter. Sorry. Yeah. We're, well, we're I mean that's now. that's a feeling. I mean, that's just my inclination. I think that you know, Philly they they could try Jimmy, they could try Jimmy. Um but I think Kyle Lowry is a much better option, especially when you have such skilled perimeter players um, in, in the backcourt. Oh man! So this is the this is the thing we both have. We have a personal vendetta for for this series because yeah, you have you have Jimmy Butler and I have Kyle Lowry. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. We are team fuck the Heat. Yeah, like we're we're haters <laughs> right here. We are official Heat hater podcast. Uh, yeah. Let's move on to one. I I, I think so. I think we're pretty aligned in that Philly wins this series they have a shot at winning this series a prayer if one James Harden goes nuclear but like it's a Tyrese Maxey James Harden show yeah let's see I mean he you have to have another one as I said like said earlier it's like they the Miami Heat shout to Spo are really good and if you have a single like a single superstar that is the reason you're going to win or lose if you're not like you have to be kind of kind of what I'm saying is the way like the league is kind of moving you have to be at least like dynamic duo, like if you're gonna have that type of level of play. So like you can't just rely on one guy. Like as I said previously with the Hawks, they will hunt you down. Mm-hmm. They will yeah. go and hunt out your best player. They will make it absolutely difficult for him. So like if it is kind of if you get a Maxi Harden show back to back, I think having Thibel for this series is gonna be huge. Um, more so just because I I'm there's no one I'm really petrified of on Miami's offense. And so you have a guy who, hey, someone's hot. Like, there's Matisse Thibel. Yeah. If you so, die, if you die with Jimmy Butler shooting threes, you feel comfortable about that. Yeah. Like, if, if Jimmy Butler, if Jimmy Butler's shooting is the reason you lose this series. Like, you did a great job. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Uh, the Mavericks beat the Suns. If oh, Luca turns into the second coming of Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm going to cut this part out. I was thinking of a hypothetical. We, we went too far here. We ended, went too far yeah, here. That, just en- that just ended up not working. Ladies and gentlemen, we have gone too far. But in this situation, if I'm assuming that Mikhail Bridges is going to be face guarding Luca all series and that the Mavs are going to be switch hunting off of unlimited picks because they run the most pick and rolls in the league um i don't know i think it's a horrible matchup for for dallas um i think that phoenix absolutely has the personnel to defend what dallas does on offense again it's pick and roll based i mean luca has probably four different options off of that initial screen from dwight powell uh and it they throw a lot of lobs uh so deandre ayton's gonna have to deandre ayton's gonna have to not have his head up his ass uh, Phoenix is going to have to close out on corners uh, and also stop passing the ball to Dorian Finney-Smith. He drives me insane. Uh, and I mean, Jalen, I mean, you say Luka Doncic has to turn into Jesus Christ. I mean, Jalen Brunson has to be something adjacent. I mean, hey, an apostle won't be that far he off. He could be an apostle. He's already, and he's already been. <laughs> he could be an apostle. Yeah. But no, I mean, Jalen, I, I that's kind of my question is you're obviously gonna have to stagger the minutes a little bit. Um, it's, it's going to be a puzzle for Jason Kidd. 
And again, you want to talk about, hey, Philly, your playoff hopes are in the hands of James Harden. Hey, Dallas, your blueprint for beating the Suns and moving on to the Western Conference Finals is in the hands of Jason Kidd. He will be controlling matchups. He will be controlling rotations. He has to be calculated with who's in when. He has to try and avoid the – he has – he. I, I mean, I like – you have to avoid playing Luca and Brunson together all the time, right? Like not all their minutes can be together. I mean, you basically, you mean you try to stagger them as much as you can, like first, second, third, and then they are on the court the entire fourth quarter together. Right. Yeah, Luca's so. playing, Luca's playing 42 minutes a night. I mean, the thing is though, is that's what it is. Like they, that's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see because kind of like, second round was the second round the other year where like you can see Luca like have those games where he's still effective but like is obviously like running out of gas mm -hmm. which happens right. in like a happens in like a six or a seven mm -hmm. if he has just enough help I don't know I'm not saying for the Suns I still think the Suns are a phenomenal team phenomenally coached I still think they win this series it's on Spencer Dinwiddie too I mean Spencer Dinwiddie's got to draw some attention yeah I know you have your qualms I mean, I don't but, really hate him. I'm, I have no, I really don't have issues with Spencer Dinwiddie. Right, I get that. You don't hate him or anything, but you have your qualms. Yeah, and I, I think that he should. I think he should have way more effect on most basketball games than he does. And he wasn't terrible in their closeout game, but in, but leading up to it, he, he shot them out of a few of those. He was abhorrent. Absolutely abhorrent. So, I mean, you need, like, I think you're the Mavs, one, you need Spencer Dinwiddie. Because I think if Spencer Dinwiddie is able to get himself going here in game one, game two, I, I think you being able to attract a little bit more defensive attention off Luka, obviously that's never going to fully be a thing. Uh, but you yeah. need to give him as much space as possible to operate. <clears throat> um, and then obviously Brunson. And you know who I think an X factor is? Maxi fucking Cleaver. Maxi fucking Kleber. Good you need job. good. You need good Maxi Kleber minutes off the bench, um, because he gets he he gets a lot of open shots uh, in that offense. So, a couple of different things, but I, I definitely think that I don't think the Ma and and I want to get one thing straight. I don't think the Mavericks have a real shot. I think that Luca, like you said, is going to wear himself out. Um, but there's clear holes on the maps going into the offseason, and, and you're going to need to address them. One of them being how much are you going to pay Jalen Brunson? Because holy shit, he's been amazing. They missed their chance to get him at a bargain. Right? No discount, according to his dad. Not free. Not at all. Okay. But that's all I had, Carl. I uh it's been good so far, man. I, I wish I wish that there was a little bit, I wish there was uh Maybe one team moving on that wasn't a higher seed, but the I mean I, I, I we got good basketball. I mean the the series haven't gone as as long as maybe fans would have liked, but we've gotten good basketball so far. Yeah, every game's been pretty good. I can't really complain about. I really can't complain about non underdogs winning when the seeds have just been completely flipped from they have been from current like from from previous years. I mean. Like seeing even like Memphis have a two seed, like again, like seeing like Memphis be a two seed and still be like essentially the underdog in this, 
it's pretty funny because it's like they lose this. Oh, look, we have a three seed upset, but it's the Golden State Warriors. No one's going to actually consider that if they do that. So it's just right. like we are in a really good, really good spot of where the league is. Um, really don't have much to say there. Um, basically done. Um, I mean, here comes the youth though. In the games today, but yeah, like this is what it is. Is I mean, this is the whole. I mean, I can. We should probably have another. We should probably have a full episode on this. But basically, the there was the. The, the talent drought, which I personally believe is built through a lot of what the changes of youth basketball in America had to go through along with like the development in Europe um, at the time, like where it's like there were guys like, you know, teams kept taking their shots trying to find like the next European guy, like all through the wrong ways while like there is even Kobe has gone on, you know, Kobe would go on or at rest soul, uh, like talking about like the state of like youth basketball in America, about like how like people aren't necessarily like training the same way or like working to get better the same way, like or learning the game. And there was a giant gap for whatever it was. And a lot of those players that were entering the league were like during the completely dominant LeBron runs that we saw, like in the Eastern Conference, where like he wasn't, you know, like we would see, like, dude, like the guys that we would see, like, like some of those draft classes, like during that era, were just Derek Williams. Anyone? Uh, he was nice in college, though. I, I, can't, <laughs> I can't hate, but um, we yeah, have like seeing that and now, like how now the league is, you know, completely changed, like skills wise, like the like top to bottom, like there's so much, and the the resurgence of the big man being important in the in in, in basketball has been what I think has helped lead a lot of this. But we'll have a whole. I could do. I could go on for for days about that one, but. Yeah, you know, like let's we're, do it. We're just, we're just in a good spot. Let's do it. Happy playoffs. Happy playoffs.